Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to another edition of the Out of the Box Podcast. And for the first time since 2019, we are on the road at a restaurant slash bar. It's a bar this time, which adds to a segment we'll do later. We're in Baton Rouge at Uncle Earl's Bar before the LSU-Alabama series, which has seen multiple changes time-wise. We'll talk about that later on. Gray Robertson, Tom Canterbury. Tom, welcome back. Thank you. Yes. To a establishment where mm-hmm. we record the podcast. Happy to be here and... Uh... Just anything that we talked about uh, timing-wise for the series this weekend on the podcast uh, earlier, uh, just ignore that because we'll tell you all the new stuff. All incorrect. <laughs> yes, all incorrect now. <laughs> okay, so it's a shorter show because we did the podcast earlier this week. This week, I've been trying to think of like a gimmick for our three segments, so we're going to call it the 643. We are turning the double play. Oh, nice. Three okay. segments. We will start with the ball to short. The six. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. We're going to talk about Alabama LSU, explain what's happening, explaining why we are talking right now in a bar and not at Tiger Park. Yes. And also give three keys to the series this weekend. Then with the four, the ball to second base, getting the lead runner. We'll talk about what's happening around the nation. Spoiler alert. Not much because everything's either snowed out or rained out. Weather is happening everywhere. <laughs> Mother Nature doesn't mm. care about your TV schedules. No. We will also play a round of fair or foul with SID extraordinaire Nathan Sheehan. Hey, all right. Yes, yes. Also here, by the way, is Sherry Selby, who might make an appearance. <laughs> when, when we we'll do see. Nate's Thirsty, we might have her come and reveal the Sherry special recipe, maybe. Mm. But that will come up in the three part, the, the completion of the double play. We've got off the wall, Tom's hungry, and Nate's thirsty. How can there be an off the wall? We just did an off the wall like three days ago. Because, Tom, again, Mother Nature doesn't care no, no. about your TV schedules. No, it does not. No. <laughs> they, she tries, but no, it doesn't matter. No. Okay, let's start at the beginning. Alabama LSU. We are not playing tonight. We are not at Tiger Park. No. Why is that, Tom? Uh, Because it is raining. (laughs) Or it it was scheduled rain. It's actually not raining at this particular time. I think it's supposed to start at 6. Right. So the the rain has come, and they decided that we will play a doubleheader tomorrow instead of moving up and run into a possibility of rain later on today. So we'll play a doubleheader tomorrow. And one positive is that we avoid the freezing cold temperatures tomorrow night because it's just going to be a regular doubleheader at 1 and 3.30. So not the day-night doubleheader, which I was afraid of. I had packed for that. Oh, yeah. I had the At- long underwear, mm. the long sleeve shirt. After Youngsville, Louisiana, I will never not have at least some cold weather gear when we go on the road ever again. You would not have seen me. I would have had a, a <laughs> face covering the whole thing. We would have been ready to go. You would have looked like Kenny from South Park. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Anyway, <laughs> so now that being said, tomorrow game one doubleheader is on the SEC network because right. there are other weather issues. So, folks, congratulations. You can watch it on your TV. You could have watched it anyway. Right. But now it's on the SEC network with Beth Moens, Michelle Smith, and Mega Ronowitz producing. So, How you've got that? like the A team. Wow. That's going to be a lot of fun that hopefully you'll mute and listen to us. On the, on the, <laughs> yes. On the radio. You can go back and watch that. You right. can't go back and listen to us quite yet. So play the field, listen to the radio during the game, go back and watch the replay with our friends, Beth and Michelle and Meg. And then game two will be on the plus, but with the same crew. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah. You're getting, you're getting the the whole ESPN shebang. And I mean, I was, you know, depending on weather everywhere else, not out of the realm of possibilities that could end up being on linear, but as of right now, just game one. Right. This weekend is just off the rocker already. 
when it's snowing where they're supposed to be playing softball, it's, it's, a, it's a rough start to the conference slate. We might bring up something Larissa Anderson tweeted earlier today, a little bit later. So that means, Tom, that tomorrow we've got two games. Sunday we've got one game between Alabama and LSU, the Tide on a six-game winning streak over the Tigers. Last time we were here, a sweep that was oh so sweet dominated game one held on in game two and then game three a game LSU needed more than Alabama the Crimson Tide owned it from the first pitch that's got to factor into the minds of the Tigers a little bit I would think but I'm just curious how this matchup is going to play out all the way around I wonder who LSU is going to pitch in each game who does the doubleheader help more these are all questions that factor in it does and and I don't I know you may be listening for the answers I don't know if I know the answers to any of those questions uh, I mean, there's a lot of kind of wait and see aspect to how these things gets, get going. Um, as far as who the double header helps, I think in a way it could help Alabama just because you're able to make your decision on who's going to pitch that first game and just roll right in that second game with it. Right. Uh, so it's not like you're, you're not having an opportunity if things maybe don't go as well in game one of trying to change things up. You got to have your plan for game one and two pretty much straight away so i think ultimately the fact that it's a double header might help alabama also alabama doesn't hit as well when it is really really cold like most teams there's a lot of teams unless you're minnesota right yeah (laughs) don't hit very well when it's really really cold so the fact that that second game has been moved to to during the day when it won't be as frigid i think could help the alabama offense i think it solely depends on which team gets off schedule first you know who in that game one has to turn to their number two first considering it's probably going to be Montana Fouts pitching for Alabama, the safe bet would be that it'll be LSU who has to turn to somebody besides Ali Koponen. If they can both go complete, then I think it might be a draw with who the doubleheader helps. But if somebody has to go to their number two early or even at all in game one, then it it, it gets a little more interesting. It does. Yeah. That, that, that could make the big, the big difference. Um, But like you said, I think the plan would be for Alabama not to have to go to anybody else. Right. You, You want, you want complete games from your starters. That's the plan. Montana's always been starting, plan. completing, yes. and finishing yes. in relief. So it's it's been her thing. All right, three keys, Tom, to Alabama LSU. All right. Do you want to go first? You want me to go first uh, with my you, one? You go first. Okay. Can the LSU big boppers drive in Sierra Briggs and Danica Coffee? Because those two are going to get on base. They're both top five in the NCAA in overall hits. They've both been red hot. Doesn't matter which pitcher they're facing. They're going to find ways to get on base. The problem for LSU in these ranked games is that Georgia Clark, Taylor Pleasant, Shelby Sinceri have had some success driving them in, but not consistent success. And that's why the LSU offense has been a bit rickety in those big time games. You've seen certain big innings, but not consistent attack in those ranked games. If that doesn't happen, LSU might not score more than a run or two in each game. If that does happen, then this gets very interesting. Yeah. Uh, my first key will be uh, how effective Lexi Kilfoyle is when she does pitch. Um, it, from what we saw in practice the last couple of days, she looked, looks fine. Uh, so hopefully that will continue to be the case. Um, but it's going to be, I think it's going to be difficult for somebody like a Jayla Torrance or Alex Salter to be as effective in this atmosphere. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, gonna be a lot of pressure on them if they have to come into either of those games uh so if Lexi Kilfoyle can come in and be her normal self um I think that'll be a huge aspect for Alabama my second key how quickly does Alabama adjust to Allie Kilponen we've talked about this in various other mediums but not really on the podcast Allie Kilponen has only thrown an inning and a third in her career at LSU against Alabama and I feel like she's been there forever Mm -hmm. so she really hasn't seen these Alabama batters and the Alabama batters really haven't seen her and obviously that's the experience once you've got some freshmen who will get some chances this weekend as well who've never had the chance to see Kilponen but how quickly can the offense adjust to her how much film work have they done I feel like we'll find out pretty quick what the outlook will be against her in game one you know if Alabama gets out to a red hot start that's a really good sign for what the offense worked on in practice this week. My second will be just overall pitching wise for LSU. Do you have a plan? Like it, what is, is there a set plan for Beth Trina coming in? Uh, we talked about what happened in 2019. Didn't seem like there was one or whatever yeah. the plan was. It was not the correct one. Uh, if you're, if you're Beth Trina. So, it, so if you're, if LSU is able to have a plan and stick to it for the, all three of the games. My third key, can the Alabama defense 
continue to be effective in a raucous environment. We have seen, I think the one error in Tucson was against Arizona. There were no errors in the game at Louisiana, but this is three games in a place where they're going to yell at you no matter what you're doing. Yeah. So the defense has to stay focused. Can they play mistake free in this series and not allow big moments where maybe, you know, Briggs, if she lays down a bunt and looks like she's going to beat it out, if Alabama makes a mistake there, that could easily be a, a one or two base error. Yeah. Can they make the strong plays and play mistake free three times in a tough road environment? And my third is how will the Alabama newcomers, how will the freshmen uh, react to being on the road in the SEC for the first time? Uh, Dallas Goodnight, Megan Bloodworth, even somebody like Ashley Prangy, who has played, you know, in non-conference environments before in the Big Ten. It's different. It is. <laughs> it's different when you come to the SEC. Uh, so how – Will the freshmen react? Uh, will they be able to, you know, continue to do what they've been doing? And then it, this will be a chance for the leaders on the team, some of the ones that we sat with in, in, at uh, dinner yet last night. How will they uh, kind of help those freshmen and the newcomers adapt and adjust? I've got so much to say about the dinner, but we'll save that <laughs> for Tom's Hungry. Right. Those are our three keys for Alabama LSU. Are we, are we both sticking with our pick, Alabama Sweep? I am, yes. Okay, me too. All right. I, I think it's interesting and also maybe necessary because we feel pretty confident that Florida will sweep Mississippi State. That appears to be a one-two situation. Obviously, they will play later on in conference play, but you don't want to let the Gators already right. have a game up on you after one weekend. Yeah, I mean, it's similar to what we talked about with the ACC last week, how Virginia Tech really got an inside track because Florida State had a game loss that they shouldn't have, and Virginia Tech got a sweep in a big matchup with Clemson. Um, you know, if LSU is able to get a game from LSU, it's not, I mean, if LSU is able to get a game from Alabama, it's not the same thing as Pittsburgh being Florida State, obviously. Right. But uh, a sweep would obviously do a lot to be able to keep up with what will likely be a sweep in Gainesville. And if Mississippi State wants to win a game, then that would be very helpful to everyone. We're not going to turn it down. Yes. Mississippi State's RPI has gone up like 25 spots in the last two days. It's amazing. They are so much better than they were when we recorded our last podcast. <laughs> they so. beat North Alabama once, and it's like, oh, tournament team. Yes. <laughs> so come on, Bulldogs. We're pulling for you. Yes. Come We're on, all pulling against. for you, a la Tyra Banks. <laughs> I will have the gif at the ready. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's the six. All let's right. let's run the four, Tom. Let's let's toss it to Megan Bloodworth and have her step on the bag and get that first out. Sounds good to me. Okay, or I guess second out of the inning. Are we? Is it an inning-ending double play? I would assume so. We yes. didn't talk about this. You had no idea until <laughs> no. I mentioned it. <laughs> okay, so we're throwing to second. When we come back, what's happening around the nation? Georgia, South Carolina tried, but it was pushed to tomorrow. Mm. Tennessee, Missouri, it's snowy. Right. We'll talk about all that when we get back here on the Out of the Box podcast. Welcome back to the Out of the Box podcast from Uncle Earl's. I told you, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. It's going to get you. And editing. Mm. Welcome back to the Out of the Box podcast here from Uncle Earl's Bar in Baton Rouge. Gray Robertson and Tom Canterbury, along with a cast of characters behind the scenes here in BR before Alabama LSU. That is just the start of SEC conference play. And maybe it will be the start. I really don't know because we've already had two games today. Mm called and pushed to at some other point this weekend, Tom. Right. Let's dig into it. Georgia, South Carolina. So the Gamecocks throw Kelsey O. Georgia immediately scores three runs. It's raining the whole time. South Carolina gets a run back. And then the rains come again. South Carolina put in their third pitcher. Yes. And then the rains came. And so it's 3-1 Georgia. And we'll find out tomorrow what happens. Right. (laughs) Yeah, just a tough situation with with the rain coming through. And, um... It's very interesting, like I said, Kelsey O getting the start for South Carolina. Um, it just kind of continues to exasperate the problem that we talked about where South Carolina really doesn't have a go-to person in the circle right now. Yeah, I was a little surprised it wasn't Leah Powell. I mean, of all of the ones we have said, she seems like the best candidate. Still hasn't happened. We saw Kelsey O and then Vaughn come in and then beaten ball in relief right before the rain delay. Will they try something different tomorrow? Who knows? You know, not only in game two, but also coming out of the delay, or I guess, what are we calling it? The postponement? Yeah, the suspension. The suspension. Suspension of the game, yes. Either way, very strange. And for Georgia, throwing a freshman 
out. In the first SEC game of the year, that's a pitching staff we've discussed all season long. I didn't expect it to be Kylie Macy, and I think a little bit of that is, you know, Georgia and Tony Baldwin's belief in her, but also I think maybe a, a reflection on South Carolina as an offense throwing out a freshman in that situation. Yeah, maybe one of those situations where Georgia's saying, all right, we want to give the freshmen some confidence even in, in league. This is the team to do it against. So, Well, it was working. She yeah. was winning 3-1. It'll be interesting to see if she continues to get the ball when they resume the game. Yes. Uh, so after that, it was supposed to be Tennessee, Missouri. But if you saw the picture that Karen Weekly tweeted today, snow everywhere yeah. in Columbia. Like heavy accumulation. I was told three to six inches. It looked like more. Yeah, it looked like a foot to me. So they're not playing until Sunday. They've got two games there. We've switched our picks to a split, no longer Missouri 2-1. But this brings us to something Larissa Anderson tweeted. She said, hey, why don't we push the start backs of the season to about this time, I assume is what she would say. And honestly, I don't hate it. I mean, I'd have to look at the full-on TV schedule and see what the World Series would be competing with if it were in late June, early July. But – I mean, think about how many places in the country can't play at home right. for the majority of the first month and a half of the season. Uh, the Big Ten every year is trying to get both softball and baseball pushed back. Um, it would, I think, and ultimately, I think it would help the play of the World Series in the postseason because virtually everybody would be done with school. So right. it would be like it takes all the extra distractions and everything out. You, you could basically – the teams that make it into the NCAA tournament could be professional softball players for, for the month um, until Oklahoma City. So, I, I think pushing the season back would help. It would help for getting more games on TV, especially early in the season, because you wouldn't be competing as much with basketball. Right. Um, there, there's a lot of positives and a lot of things that I agree with why you would want to push things back. Um, I, I don't think you need to eliminate games. So, as long as you're able to push everything – Right. And not condense. You don't want to condense. Uh, if you can do that, I'm, I'm, I would agree. I think you need to push it back because, yeah, when you're starting in February, um, you know, there's you can play in California, you can play in Florida, sometimes you can play in Texas. Outside of that, it's really tough to find places. And even, you know, some places in Texas or Youngsville, Louisiana, still really cold. Yes. So it's, you know, that, that may be something they need to look at. This is an interesting situation where I really want to hear more from the individuals. I want to talk to Larissa Anderson. I might, I might reach out to Missouri and see if we can have her on our next full sit-down podcast. Not even talk about Missouri, but yeah. just talk about this issue because I know there are a lot of coaches who believe this. Yeah. And I want I'm, to hear like the reasoning laid out, the possible plan laid out. Mm-hmm. And because I, I am not, I am not the person who needs to make no. up a decision here. You know, I, I live in an area where it's not really a factor. Yeah. This will shock you. We have very little pull in, in that in that area either. So <laughs> they don't ask uh, us. No, they don't ask us. But yeah, Larissa has dealt with it. She dealt with it at Hofstra, obviously, and then in Missouri as well. Um, I mean, Missouri, it's it's a crapshoot anywhere because it's been the last week of the regular season and it's been snowing in Missouri before. That's just part of it when, when you're at a place like that. But um, it certainly would um, give them more of a fighting chance and a better opportunity early on in the year. So one more series to talk about before we play a little game with our friend who's the, been standing behind yes, us. He's ready. The, but the, the other thing about what's happened with Missouri and Tennessee. Go for it. They, both teams are now going to play one less conference game than everybody else. Oh, right. So which is going to throw the standings off. It's going to be very annoying all year long. The calculator. Yeah. Ooh, the calculator will be out. We're going to do all the math. It's uh, my favorite. Yeah. I love that. Okay, one more series to talk about in the SEC. Texas A&M Auburn starting tonight, quote unquote. Apparently, there's also rain expected in Auburn. That's what I saw on Twitter. I haven't actually looked at the forecast. Mm. So if that's incorrect, blame Twitter, not me. Or maybe blame me for believing Twitter. But <laughs> the word on the street is that Mackenzie Herzog will probably not be available to pitch this weekend for Texas A&M. She will most likely hit. We saw her hit in the midweek against Texas State. But the word on the street is that she won't be able to pitch. That, to me, makes me feel very confident in my Auburn 2-1 pick. Tom, you're making a face. Yeah, that, that hurts my A&M 2-1 pick. But I'm going to stick with it. Oh, well, yeah, you have I no can't, choice. I'm not allowed to t- change it. So, uh, But obviously, she's their number one. So you don't have your number one going on a conference series. That's, that's less than ideal. Uh, so you're going to really need 
the Haley Lees and the offense for A&M to help pick up the pitching staff this weekend. Yeah, we'll see what Emily Kennedy, the youngster, what she looks like. I've been asking some people, I said, do you think Emily Kennedy can beat Auburn twice? And the answer I've gotten more often than not is no. So we'll see. She will have a chance to prove it most likely. Again, I have heard that it is most likely probable that Mackenzie Herzog will not pitch this weekend. Who knows? Maybe there was something reached this week that allowed her to throw. Again, it's softball. We never really know. Yeah, right. right. Again, no one is forthcoming with anything. We just find out when we get there. <laughs> right. I so think we should go. all just mentally acknowledge that and move on from asking about any injuries ever. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, just stop asking. <laughs> not to get into an early off the wall. Right. But there you go. Okay. So as we sit here in the second segment of the show, it's time to bring in our friend, SID extraordinaire, Nathan Sheehan. Hey, 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 what's going on? I was just walking by this bar and saw you guys recording here. Wow. What a coincidence. Wow. (laughs) Okay. okay. How did you cross the street to get here? How convenient. Don't ask. Highways and whatnot. My gosh, the traffic in Baton Rouge. (laughs) That that could be that could be something else off the wall. Never drive through Louisiana ever again. No. My gosh. Then we're never coming back. For numerous reasons, yes. We're going to play a game called Fair or Foul. So we had a game planned, and then Nate was like, I've got an idea. I said, well, scrap mine. Let's go with Nate's because it was fun. Nate, explain what you've got on your iPhone. Right. So, you know, we didn't have – it's halfway through the season, a little under halfway, so we didn't have the full kind of Nate's Thirsty segment that we normally probably do with me. So I was trying to think of something that maybe we could do, and listening to your guys' Twitter space after last weekend, as well as looking up SEC stats for this weekend, you know, you guys have talked a lot about – how different teams have different levels of competition in the preseason. So it leads to some inflated stats for some teams and maybe a team like Alabama, you maybe have a better idea of what they are kind of heading into the conference play. So right. yes. essentially I'm stealing your week one overreactions, but I'm repackaging it as my own. So okay. we do that often yeah. for other so, podcasts. So right. So yeah, I'm, I'm giving you due credit here. So it's, <laughs> I'm calling it fair or foul. So I have four statements here based on the current SEC stats okay. for teams heading into this weekend. And I'll present those to you, and you guys will say whether you believe they are fair or foul. So, okay, makes sense. Makes yes, sense. yes. I'm it's not a difficult game. So no. <laughs> I would <laughs> hope I would get that. Right. I come up with much more complicated segments. <laughs> okay, so statement number one, and your last uh, series you mentioned is a good segue into this. Auburn, as it stands right now, 21 and one, that is tied for the most wins of any SEC team with Florida. So, fair or foul, Auburn will be one of four teams to earn a bye at the SEC tournament. And I have their schedule if that helps sway your. No. Okay. Yeah, I don't need this. I, don't need <laughs> I think it's foul. If I recall, ball, Auburn had the most difficult schedule by my metric that I wrote out coming into the season. Now, that could have changed. I haven't reworked it with what the standings look like now, but I still think they were the team that had every top six preseason team. Well, they avoid on the Alabama. That's Except that's for the Alabama. Only one that's they right. Avoid. Yeah. Right. I, I'm also going to say foul just based on the pre-conference schedule they did play. Yeah. Um, the only high, really highly ranked team they did play was UCLA and Clearwater, and they got run-ruled. Uh, they, did get, they did much better in Clearwater than I thought they were going to. They did beat Texas. Uh, they've done better overall than I thought, but I don't really think you can parlay what they've done the pre-conference into when they get into conference. What bothers me about this weekend, if Herzog doesn't pitch, it's like another chance – Right. miss to find out what Auburn really is and a chance for them to steal a couple of wins that yeah that's maybe, right you know so. I want to see them against an ace twice yeah and what they can do and this was a great chance to see that and if Herzog doesn't pitch then you're getting an Emily Kennedy player who's I think two three or that's her ERA which is fine but right. she's not their ace yeah. so I just feel like we're still not going to learn that much about Auburn unless they sweep if they sweep this weekend and do it convincingly, I will buy in a little bit more. Yeah. Okay. Right. So I, I somehow knew Tom would say foul to Auburn. <laughs> yeah, we are so predictable. Yeah. It's just an instinctual at this point, I think. Okay. The boo! What? So, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So on the other end of the spectrum, Auburn may be overachieving for what we expected. On the other end of the spectrum, you guys talked about Mississippi State and their seeming unwillingness or inability to just sweep home tournaments where you think they're going to sweep. Right. Inexplicable losses. Right. We don't know what's going on. Just right? win. Just we win. don't know. They got a good offense to get, you know, Mia Davidson, yeah. she's bombing it. Just beat Furman. That's all That's we're it. saying. Just, right. right. Yeah. He's had to win so, that one, and he would have been fine. So given what you've seen preseason, fair or foul, the Bulldogs will not sweep any of their SEC series this season. And I have that schedule as well, if you want to hear that. Can we dive yeah. into that? Okay. Hear that schedule. So as, I think we know what you guys think about this weekend at Florida. So yeah, it's right. probably a no there. Yeah, right. Home Ole Miss at Tennessee, 
home Missouri at Alabama, home Auburn at Kentucky, home LSU. The best chance is Ole Miss at home. Right. And I don't think it happens. They did it last year. They remember? did. Right. No, no, that Ole Miss swept them. Did Ole Miss sweep them? Right, yes, because they didn't score, remember? <laughs> oh, it, it, it was yes. after that when they when they started their yes. upwards. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I don't see them sweeping any of those series. I don't see them sweeping it. I, I might see maybe two series wins in there. Right. I mean, it's hard for even the best teams to sweep, right? Right. So A sweep in the SEC is really, really difficult. Um Unless you're playing Mississippi State this year. Oh, oh, wow. oh, I'm just kidding. And that, I that have to a... calm down because I've got Mississippi State TV and Coach Ricketts is going to be like, <laughs> I don't want to talk to that guy. I, you're my, I love you, Coach Ricketts. We, you're one of the again, best. Again, we're trying to get the potluck with the with the Mississippi State team. Mm-hmm. This is not helping. I know. I'm just like, we would love to eat food with you. But, yes. You know, yes. you keep losing. Mm-hmm. So just kidding. And by the way, I think you guys have mentioned, but that is a brutal road schedule for Mississippi oh, State. Yes. At Florida, at Tennessee, at Alabama, at Kentucky. My goodness. If they if they win three games out of that out of those road 12 games. Out of those 12, they've done really well. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So that is, I guess, a fair <laughs> that they will not sweep. I had like yes, a right, double fair. negative kind yes, of in there. Okay. Right, yes. Okay. So over the third over the third base bag. That's fair. yeah, okay. okay. South Alabama coming out <laughs> to complain. Mm, okay anyway <laughs> point number three it's a deep cut it is somewhere i'm laughing is that, is that the answer that okay uh statement number three georgia maybe somewhat notorious for having a little bit of an easier preseason schedule i think that's probably fair to say mm-hmm. so as it sits right now they currently lead the sec in run scored slugging percentage rbis and home runs so fair or foul at the end of the conference season so right before the sc tournament Georgia will still lead the SEC in at least one of those categories. Say them again. Uh, they're basically all the offensive categories. Run scored, slugging percentage, RBIs, home runs. I think they will still lead in slugging percentage. Here's why. We talked about this last week. I feel like Georgia is the kind of team that will rely on the long ball. Today they didn't have to use it because Kelsey O was – walking everybody and while pitching people, but those weren't hits. And, you know, they, I think there was a home run in there as well. Let me double check, but bottom line, this is a Georgia team that will rely on the long ball. I think Fincher hit a two run home run, but I can't confirm. I don't have it in front of me. So if I'm wrong, sorry, but this is a Georgia team that I feel like is going to have a really high slugging percentage, but a low to middle ish uh, batting average and a, middle to high home run mark. So I think of the four, the most likely a slugging percentage, I think that'll stand up. So in the game, then you're saying it's it's a fair because yeah. he only said one of them. One of the yes, four. Fair. Yes, fair. At least I, one. I'm going to disagree and go foul. I just I don't think that offense, with considering the other offenses that are in the league, I don't think that offense is going to be able to hold up with those numbers. It was uh, a two-homer, two-run homer by Fincher, by the way. Okay. So, uh, But I – that, that's that may be the only one they get this weekend. We'll see. Uh, so I, I, they're going to be up there in a couple of those because you know you have such a, a padded lead to start off with. But I, I don't see them holding on to all four of them. All right, okay. our, our first disagreement. Wow, we're fighting. Wow. We are fighting, Tom. <laughs> that's podcasting right there. There he goes. Anger. Yes. Mm. Okay, go ahead, Nate. Sorry. I, feel, I feel awkward here in the middle of this. Wow. <laughs> just hold us back, Nate. The tension is just is. buzzing. Yes. All right, so the last of the four points here. Uh, in the RPI standings currently, only five SEC schools are ranked in the top 16. Alabama, Florida, those are the only top eight ones. Auburn, Tennessee, Kentucky, round up five. So fair or foul, only five SEC teams will host regionals this year. And that was seven last year, unless you're counting Georgia as a kind of non-seed yeah, host. They right. would make it eight. Seven and a half. And as a comparison... <laughs> You know, we don't, who knows what the committee does. That's just RPI. The NFCA rankings, we have six in the top 16. So fair or foul, I guess over under uh, five, five. Hmm. regional hosts. I will say I think it's foul. I'm going six. I think it's going to be Alabama, Florida, Tennessee. Kentucky will get a spot because that's important to the committee. They'll be 14, 15, 16. That's where they normally are. Yes. I think Missouri will be in there. And I think you could look at either an Auburn if they keep it up a potentially a Texas A&M because they they've got they've got I think the schedule that plays everybody in front of eight in the conference so they've got chances for good wins I think also in Arkansas I know they're 30 in the RPI right now yeah but they've got the talent to move themselves up that ranking especially if Mary Half keeps it up she had a perfect game today and I could see a world where the Razorbacks host so I, I think it'll be six 
I don't know what collection of six, but there are a lot of nominees. Yeah, I agree. I think there's going to be more than five. You didn't mention LSU. I think LSU has a chance to be a host. Um, Sorry. No, I mean, I'm just, I'm just like, I'm adding to that. I think the only ones that definitely will not be hosting are Mississippi State, South Carolina, and Ole Miss. I think anybody else could, looking at their schedule and their talent, could put together a season where they are hosting in the top 16. Um, so I, I think when you're starting off with 10 possibles, I think it'll be more than half of those. I'm good with that. So there we go. Well done. Anything else you'd like to add to Fair no, Foul? No, I, I just like to talk softball. I always get to talk just food and drinks, which I know we right. will in a second here. But <laughs> right. You are a well-rounded like individual. Yeah, I like to talk softball on the air, but obviously as the SID, you got to remain a little neutral. Sure, but, you know, it's, it's fun to at least uh, be the moderator for the debate here. So thank I, you for having me on for this. I'll I, ask your question, your oh, opinion no. of Fair Foul. Do you <laughs> oh, agree no. with yours? Five? You think it's over five? I think just historically, I think we're going to see more. You know, playing at the SEC schedule – that's only going to help some of these teams that are currently on the border. Like Tom mentioned in LSU, I could see them going up just by virtue of playing in the SEC. You know, you split a couple series, and right. even if you don't sweep or even necessarily win a series, you're going to get the benefit of the doubt on some of that. And, you know, as much as it pains me to say, because I hate seeing the SEC versus SEC super regional matchups, uh, I think well, we will continue to see more yeah, of those. I and, bet we'll you know, have two or three. It's the biggest. We get great fans at our ballparks. It's a good TV atmosphere. We can you know, sustained the television broadcast. So I think just from that perspective, hmm. from an ESPN sort of television perspective, I think SEC certainly has the leg up on a lot of other places. Your, just your general opinion, how much fun has it been to be a part of Team 26 so far this year? It's amazing that like, you know, every year I think when we're either at Oklahoma City or whenever the last game is, we're, we always think like, how in the world can this next team top the last team? And I don't want to say they topped last year. You know, Team 10 5 is awesome. They're all special right. in their own way, but... I think it's remarkable, Merce mentioned a few times, just how well everyone's gelled so quickly with six freshmen, three newcomers, and losing some seniors, some really big talent. You know, we're replacing how much of our starting nine out there? I mean, it's just pretty yeah. remarkable in this day and age. We've seen some teams where they get transfers in, and maybe that chemistry's not there. But for whatever reason, it it's worked out. And I think that has a lot to do with Murph's ability to bring in you – know, focusing on character rather than just talent, right? So we're yeah. bringing those yeah. kind of players, and it's just – it, it shows. I think people watch us and they tell us, they say like, wow, it just looks like they're having fun out there. And they yeah. are. That's, that's not a put on. They're genuinely like that off the field. And we see that right. every day. That's yeah. yeah. Nice. They are high quality and high character, but yeah. they're also really, really good too. So that yeah. really that, helps. That helps. Yes. I'll take that too. Yes. <laughs> and as Patrick Murphy has said, as Megan Bloodworth has said, they're all weird in their own ways. Yes. Right. Last best night's way dinner yes. <laughs> was like, I was sitting there thinking, what in the heck are these girls talking about? <laughs> but I was cracking up the whole time. That was with Ashley Prangy, Ali Shipman, Montana Fouts, and Kaylee Tao. And we're just sitting there like, what? Is this what it's like every day with you people? What <laughs> the answer is yes. It is, <laughs> it is. It is 100%. Uh, Nate, thank you. Thank you. That's fair or foul. But you're not going too far no, away. No, maybe just over there to get another sip of my drink before I, we do this segment. Right. Wow, I can't about believe it. I need a refill. Someone might either. be driving these us are, home. These are giant. <laughs> when we come back, we've got off the wall, Tom's hungry, and Nate's thirsty. That's next as we roll on here on the Out of the Box podcast from Uncle Earl's Bar in Baton Rouge. Welcome back to the Out of the Box podcast from Uncle Earl's Bar in Baton Rouge. Gray Robertson and Tom Canterbury, along with many folks behind the scenes, having a good time here in the BR. We're, we're here a little bit before the rush comes through. I which is this, for the best. Which is, well, yeah, you wouldn't be able to hear the podcast if we did it during the rush time. But uh, this looks like it'd be an awesome place when, uh, you know, oh. after hours. Shout out to Jordan Piazza, the owner. Uh, shout out to Corey Dolan for making the connection. Shout out to the staff here who have made us feel very welcome. Absolutely. Who turned down the music when we asked for it, who made sure that we were all set. <laughs> yes. And we're very grateful for all the help that we've gotten here at Uncle Earl's Bar. Been a lot, lot of fun. We'll, we'll take some pictures here in a yeah. little bit and show it off uh, on the pod. You'll probably hear on the see, Twitter. You'll probably see the pictures before you hear the podcast. Probably so. Probably. But still, either way, it's been a great show. We're turning the 643 in the six, I really don't know how to phrase it, so I'm just going to say the first segment, we talked about Alabama LSU, gave three keys. Then we got the lead runner at second mm -hmm. with the 6-4 connection, talked about the SEC, and also SID extraordinary Nathan Sheehan brought in a game of fair or foul. And now it's time to complete the process. 
with the out at first to turn the double play. Your favorites are back. Off the wall, Tom's hungry, and Nate's thirsty has returned. Yes. So let's start with off the wall. But again, Gray, how can we have possibly have an off the wall? It's been like two days since we did one, and Alabama hasn't played. So why, why are we talking about off the wall right now? I'll tell you why, Tom. It's because something briefly changed, and people lost their minds. <laughs> yes. We saw – well, I don't know. You go first, please. Uh, well, you know, because of the change of the, the scheduling, and unfortunately a lot of the off-the-wall segments we're talking about are people complaining about streaming, television coverage, or lack thereof. Um, it was funny when the post was made talking about that the first game is going to be on actual linear television tomorrow. Um, one of the first questions was, where and what channel? I'm not seeing it on my channel guide. Well, first of all, number one, it literally says it in the post, what channel that it's on. And then secondly, the, those guides, it takes a minute for them to change. They had just made the change. Give DirecTV a second to see if they can get that fixed. And I'm sure by the time the game comes around tomorrow, that'll be on your channel guide. It just, it infuriates me. <laughs> like, why is this the hill that you continue to die on? Pick another lane. <laughs> there is so much coverage. You guess what? Even if it wasn't on TV, you still could have watched it. There's radio for everything. Yeah. I just don't understand the constant questioning. And the people also, when initially the game on Saturday was moved from TV, people said, I can't believe ESPN would do that. ESPN doesn't control the weather. No. What? I would, <laughs> That's I, not how that works. I, I promise you, ESPN wants Alabama softball on television. It has it just hasn't really worked out so far, but they know that because of all because of the great fans that we have, that Alabama fans are gonna watch, ratings are gonna go up when Alabama softball is on. When it works out to where it can happen, I promise you it's going to happen. Just be patient. Just just I mean, yes. Again, snow shouldn't other, be a factor the rest no, of the year. A lot of other stuff is going on right now. It'll happen. Okay. That's really all I wanted to contribute to off the wall. I yeah, mean, I, I don't just, know if anything else is added in. Uh, I'm just, you uh, know, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Someone will say something dumb and we'll do this again next week. Oh yeah. It's coming on. But again, the fact that we're having an off the wall when Alabama has yet to play a game since our last off the wall, Come on, people. Stop. Stop it. Stop. Just be patient. Use your brains. Think theoretically. Mm. Have some logic when figuring out when and where things will be shown. It's all good. Yeah. There it's all go. good. Yes. Okay. Let's move into Tom's Hungry. Yes. Much more enjoyable for me. Yes. So, Tom, this is your segment. Run with it. I'll, <laughs> I'll add in little details here and there. I would just like to point out that now at this part of this segment, we are now doing videos that are being posted on Twitter at out of the box underscore pod. Did you realize uh, the phenomenon that Tom's hungry would become? I did not. And again, credit to SID extraordinaire Nathan Sheehan, who came up with the idea because uh, we were always talking about this is way back because our first Tom's hungry segment was in 2019, I believe. Correct. Yes. Um, and, and it was one of those things where we like we were trying to figure out extra segments we could do on the show. And and they said, well, we're always talking about food. Why don't you guys and you're always hungry, Tom. So why don't we do that? like okay and it's now become very popular so that's a lot of fun yes um so in a shocking development we ate cajun food uh here in louisiana today went and had lunch at the chimes in baton rouge just amazing nate had possibly the largest oysters i've ever seen dive into this nate. yeah i mean any chance to get oysters on half shell i'll take it um, I don't know if these were result of nuclear radiation or what happened in these. Have you started the, climbing up the walls yet? I, I know. I'm going to have extra limbs come tomorrow <laughs> or something. I don't know. But, I mean, these were just, like, the size of my head. What, what are they feeding the oysters in Lake Pontchartrain? No kidding. My it, gosh. Unbelievable, but really good. Uh, really fresh oysters. I got the same uh, gumbo you had as well, duck and sausage gumbo, yes. as long with the oysters. But, seriously, credit to Beth Tarina. Excellent recommendation there. Yeah. I mean, she's right. You can't really go wrong with any food down here, but Absolutely that was a really good. good choice. Yes, and I also got the uh, the crawfish mac and cheese, which was, wow. Life-changing. Yes, it was really, really good. Like, we're, we're talking about all-time podium looking for the, for the crawfish mac and cheese right now. We should do that. There will be an episode where we pick our all-time podium of dishes. Now, wow. I think that the cheesecake in Athens will be tough to unseat, 
but right for desserts but yeah well we that's can, true we could yeah. go by each meal oh that's interesting that's an oh yeah. that's a whole nother podcast Ooh, you could do oh, like off-season wheels are spinning yeah, we could do appetizers we could do main <laughs> course we could do desserts what is the best we've had since 2019 or even before wow yeah this uh, certainly oh my gosh make the document here wow, we go here we go <laughs> this is just episode 47 coming out tomorrow <laughs> Uh, but that, that was amazing. And, and Gray, what would you go? With? I got the shrimp and crab etouffee. As I always say, crab is my kryptonite. I'm going to, if I see it on the menu, it's happening. I'm ordering it. And right. then also I saw the boudin egg rolls and we have talked extensively in this segment about the habits family boudin egg rolls and how those are so untouchable. Right. And these were not better than those, but I've got them because I wanted to try them from another source. Yeah. I've never had them anywhere else besides when the habits family has provided them or brought them to the hotel. These were not quite as good, but still very good. It's hard to put into words what the combination of the egg rolls with the sweet chili sauce did to me, but I enjoyed it greatly. <laughs> right. So yeah. yeah, this was just top to bottom, an incredible experience at the Chimes. Mm. Watching basketball as it happened, as yes. we ate was great. That was enjoyable as Giggle. well. Yes. Yes. yes, farmers fight y'all. But all in all, a top tier recommendation by Betarina Coach. I know you're not listening to this. We're in season. You're busy. But thank sure. you so much for providing the chimes as an option for us to eat. Another place that we eat, and this is a, a usual place, a usual stop here in Baton Rouge when Alabama comes, was the Little Village. Uh, we ate there last night, and that's an Italian spot here downtown in Baton Rouge. Um, legendary bread that they have uh, just and it lived up to the, uh, to the previous hype. I thought it was your bread as usual. Unbelievable. You want to talk about categories as far as all-time appetizers? That's got to be the leader in the clubhouse, right? I mean, I would think so. And I got the chicken parm. It was great, but like I could eat 10 loaves of that bread and been satisfied. I would like to spin it back to the chimes, though, because something we didn't discuss, there was a little side piece of bread on all of our mains. Oh, man. And it was one of the most interesting sensations i've ever had eating this bread right so it's like there's a lot going on here but it all works and i like it yes so that, that's true well it, it's what one a of weekend those, for bread right it was, wow oprah must knew? be happy right who knew all this thing was gonna amazing uh also had the lasagna at the little village which was really yes. really good um i'm going to have to marinate on it on whether or not the chimes takes over some of the homemade stuff we got in youngsville um interesting you know like like the root like you will the marinate root, yeah, yes yes for multiple days like the root did uh that because that that root that gumbo i don't know it's it's gonna be very very tough we'll have to come back what well, well that's an end of the year conversation right. so you've got time i had the chicken parm i think i don't know i might have just gotten the chicken i'm really not sure what happened i ordered late so i screwed the whole thing up but the bread <laughs> was as good as advertised what i loved about it was they included some kind of pesto thing, but it wasn't quite pesto. I don't really know what it was with tomato sauce as well. Mm. And so I was able to eat the bread with the whole shebang. And that was very exciting. And like real bulbs of garlic as well. Oh yeah. Kaylee Tao pulled out the most satisfying bit of garlic I've ever seen. <laughs> she did it. And both of us at the same time went, Oh, <laughs> well, well, something to add there too. You guys weren't on the bus afterwards, but apparently when Murph got the actual bill, <laughs> guess Tom, from the previous years, the, the bread was, you know, a little expensive. What do you remember the bread price being for that cheese bread? What oh, wow. Um, maybe uh, $9.99 a loaf. Okay. I think that's fair. Yeah. $17. No! Per loaf. <laughs> no! And, did, did we, and there we had it. We had two at our table. Yeah, we had two. Yeah, we got, we got refills. We almost got so. a third. I don't know if there's a bread shortage somewhere, a cheese shortage. I don't know. We can just assume we, there's shortages of everything right we, now. Uh, Is all the rest of the bread in a, a freight ship <laughs> in California? Wow. So be prepared to just eat deli sandwiches oh. from here on out on the road because we exhausted our entire food budget. I had bread. no idea. I was the one that was tasked to ask for the second loaf of right. bread. That's it's okay. like they knew. Now I am... The criminal. Mm. Oh, well. oh man. Yeah. Yes, you know, I didn't pay for it, but so it's easy right. for me to say, but I think it's worth it. I, I agree. I mean, yes, I it was. Right. But yes. now what, I have major conflicting feelings. <laughs> I'm scared to see what's going to be the next time we come here. Oh, man. Still worth it. Yeah, still yeah. worth it. I'm still Ooh. paying for it. Okay, also shout out to our table. We talked about it, Tom. Uh, AC Atinka was there. We were there. Mm-hmm. Megan Garst was there. And then we were sitting with the elder statesman of the team, Kaylee Tao, grandmother, 
Ashley Prangy transfer, Ali Shipman transfer, Montana Fout, senior with another year. Right. And what an experience that was. At hearing about their trip to Chuck E. Cheese to eat pizza was just another level. For Aubrey's birthday, a uh, yeah, right. belated birthday to Aubrey Barnhart. <laughs> right. Yes. Wow. Just the, um, the impact that the quote-unquote rat – AKA Chuck E. Cheese. Charles, on- Char- Charles Edward Cheese. <laughs> Who yes. sent her a DM, by the way, to wish her a happy no! birthday. Yes, on oh, Instagram. Oh, wow. Yes. The impact that, that he has on Montana Fouts, I, I just learned so much. <laughs> so shout out to those four yes. for providing us with Mr. Way cheese too much himself. entertainment. <laughs> right, Mr. Cheese. That there's a full on like there's a story of how Chuck E. Cheese. There's lore. Charles there's e. lore. Yes, wow. there is. There is a mythology. A video. Is there an extended yeah. universe? Are we getting <laughs> a wow. cheese universe? <laughs> I assume is probably available. Uh, Pascal and all those people. Um, but it was fun to be a part of that, just to hear them talk and everything, because uh, I think that played in what I talked about earlier with how the uh, how are the freshmen and, and the new players going to deal with being on the road for the first time. I think it's going to be hard for them to be really nervous when that when they have that to look up to. Yeah. So I, I think there's going to be a lot of um, – they take everything seriously, but I don't think they get overly tight about things. Yeah. So I think it's going to be it's, – it's part of the chemistry and the really cool dynamic, dynamic of Team 26. What I loved about it is we're, like, with the team, but we're really not. We really only see them a couple times a week. Right. They didn't care. We were as a part of that conversation as anybody else. Mm -hmm. We didn't understand all the jokes because we weren't there, but they they brought us into it. We shouldn't understand all the jokes. They should have their own. You know, college people have their own stuff. Yes, trust me, I remember. I'm not that old. (laughs) Right, but I am. So I'm just saying. What I loved about it, though, is that they brought us into that conversation. They let us be a part of it, and then Mm. we all got to crack jokes, and we made them laugh, and they made us laugh, and it was great. And it It just shows the personality of the team and of those leaders that they can talk to anybody. It doesn't matter who you are. So that, like you said, I think is a really positive sign about that chemistry that we've discussed so much. Yes. Now we don't know what the rest of the week will bring. You know, we had a itinerary coming in, but that's been totally blown up because of different times on the schedule. Um, So there's some more food coming that will be addressed on the next Tom's hungry. Yes. The next Tom's hungry will be in two weeks. I don't know. Well, I, well, we might even have to wait till after Columbia. Yeah. Because next week, not to get too ahead of the ending, we're going to do the Twitter space after Florida State. We're not going to do a show at the beginning of the week, even though we're not going to New Orleans anymore, because I need to prep for Southern Miss and Florida State. Tom needs to see his lovely wife and children. <laughs> right. So we need to take that extra day to make sure that we're all set for the crazy week going forward. So next event will be the Twitter space, and then after that, a podcast following the Kentucky series. So that – but – I mean, we have the rest of this weekend here in Baton Rouge. Unfortunately, no New Orleans, like you said, but, you know, the the food experience of Hattiesburg, Mississippi is, is still on the table. And then, you know, for the rest of the week. Wait, yeah. wait, stop the presses. Did you just say the food experience of Hattiesburg, Mississippi? Yes. As I'm speaking right now, the all-time Tom's Hungry leader in the clubhouse is in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Tom, I wish I could call you insane. <laughs> Make some incredulous retort. Right. But you're exactly right. <laughs> the only reason none of you have heard about this is because we didn't have a podcast then. So right. just hope and pray that we can make it mm-hmm. to this location on Tuesday before the Southern Miss game. It will certainly be discussed. It will. <laughs> Maybe on the air. Who well, knows? Who knows? Right. Depends okay. on how the game goes. Anything you'd like to add for Tom's Hungry before we move on? I think we're good. I think we've hit it all so far. Okay. Can't wait to see what we eat tonight. Yeah, right. exactly. Who knows? And I can't wait to see what we drink tonight because we've already pretty much since the sun came up, when you have an off day, you take advantage. And we've taken advantage of many other establishments throughout our road excursions here this year. And that leads me into Nate's Thirsty. Welcome back, SID extraordinaire Nathan Sheehan, who really hasn't gone anywhere. He's been standing here the whole time. (laughs) It's your segment. It's the illusion of podcasting. (laughs) I think I've gone somewhere, but no, I've just been standing here. Eerily over your shoulder the whole time <laughs> listening, but yes. So uh, they mentioned it briefly, just to touch on some of the places we've gone prior to this. As Tucson, we went to the pizza place, and they had a few local brews, and mm-hmm. nothing really jumped out at me. But I will give a shout-out to Teddy Gozevelt, just for a creative name. The best name, right? But, yes. yeah, it wasn't really up my alley, but it was fine. And then uh, the Youngsville, our favorite tournament, the Mardi Gras Mambo. Mambo, Mambo, Mambo. Mambo, Mambo. Mambo, yeah. Mambo. Uh, cue the music. We... <laughs> 
didn't, didn't really have a chance to really go anywhere just because these pre the nature of these preseason tournaments were at the field right. all day just and and as i said I, I was so cold after all the games. I yeah. sat in the hotel room and just, yeah. just I, I, could, I could barely put a sentence together. Right. Honestly, like that's all you need to hear. We had Tom and I both had cars. Right. We, we could, could have, have gone. Done. We the plan was to go and yes. do stuff. We did nothing because it was so cold. <laughs> we could not bear to leave the room. The only redeeming quality from a Nate's thirsty perspective of that trip was the drive-through daiquiri. Just if not just for the experience. That right. would have been enough. When you're in Louisiana, you just got to do it. Hey, Never and, done it before. And that right. was the right. night it was 75 degrees. Right. So we thought, hey, yeah, this is great. And on top of it, it was delicious. It, it was, was great. Don't was, ask the flavor. Yeah. And we're not we're not allowed to probably <laughs> keep it PG to say the name, but right. it was delicious. So as an experience and as a daiquiri, A+. plus. Mm -hmm. So we've had a couple chances here. I guess at lunch, I had an Abita Andy Gator, which is just a New Orleans beer. I've had that before. It's pretty standard beer. Um, kind of a go-to for me, I guess. You get, do you guys both have something at lunch? You had the high noon. I had a high noon, I, I which is now my new yeah. thing. If you haven't had a high noon yet, do it. It's not your average seltzer. It's better. It's got actual vodka in it. it uh, not a podcast you, sponsor. I was saying, yeah, the, the new sponsor of the Out of the Box podcast. I wish it was. High noon, DM me. Come on in. But it's really good. So if you haven't had one yet, if you're still stuck on Trulies and White Claws, give High Noon a chance and then mm. you probably won't go back. There you go. And so we went to a liquor store and just kind of got some local selections. We haven't really dove into everything we bought, but I will give a shout out to our video coordinator or assistant video coordinator, James. The beer he got, unbelievable. As if we didn't get enough king cake at the Mardi Gras Mambo Mambo Mambo. Down in New Orleans. Urban South Brewery has a king cake milkshake sour and the three flavors listed are cream cheese, cinnamon, and vanilla. And let me tell you, you get the cream cheese right off the top. So it mm. it nails the king cake flavor. I know we're past Mardi Gras, and so maybe king cake's kind of not the thing now. But my goodness, I thought we, I thought I would have enough king cake to last the rest of my life. Right. Two weeks yeah. ago, but this was fantastic. That's huh. really interesting that you mentioned the other flavors. I would love to try cinnamon because the cream cheese one, I I like the king cake. For some reason, I didn't like the aftertaste that I had from from the milkshake beer, but I'm also like addicted to cinnamon, so I feel like I would I would enjoy that specific flavor. I didn't know that, so thanks for bringing the research. Dude. Right, oh, so well go. well done, Urban South Brewery. That's a A plus right there. And then today, here at Uncle Earl's, which by the way I, I agree, a really cool venue. See, they have a stage here. If you know if they had a band or if it was look, they have day. a high noon sign. Whoa. I'm, I'm oh, impressed. Yeah. Uh -huh. So yeah, excellent, a cool little bar here. So. They can um, make a sherry special, so yes. that's good. What is the sherry special? Here's no, she I'm not, not gonna make her do it. She's not. Telling. I'm not gonna make her do it. Yeah, but she's gonna come on the podcast at some point. At some point, one day. Well, if so only she were just sitting at the next table. <laughs> but here, I just got a Dr. Juice, which is a Parish Brewing kind of hazy IPA, pretty good. Um, but they are from Broussard, Louisiana, which is where we were two weeks ago. Not to make <laughs> oh, another connection. Right to the Mardi Gras Mambo, but Mambo, Mambo. that's all we've had so far. I'm sure we'll, like you said, we'll have yeah. some other places to go tomorrow, maybe tonight, we'll see. But you know, there's a lot of things Louisiana does well and alcohol certainly is one of them. <laughs> it certainly would. Now for you, just in general, if you could go in and get what, get anything, like what would be your go-to thing wherever we're at? Just a drink? Just mean? Yeah, go-to drink. My go-to, I'm, I'm mostly a beer guy, probably IPAs. I mean, that's pretty standard, but I'm kind of up for anything really. But it just, it's a lot of it depends on the atmosphere like i remember when we were in athens last year we ate lunch at a certain place and it was kind of warm out yes yeah. when you're outdoors you know you kind of want maybe like a fruity kind of lighter lighter beer i think so we I got had, the same thing and that was my favorite yeah. one of that road trip and that's normally not what i would get but given the situation the atmosphere where we were right. that's kind of what i want but if it's just me just sitting at home if i'm watching a game or something yeah probably an ipa i don't know if i really have a go-to maybe like uh all day ipa uh, is a good one out of st louis um I'm trying to think offhand, but yeah, something like an I standard kind of IPA or double IPA is probably my go-to. Gotcha. Okay. Do you, Tom? I feel like I know, I just, but you didn't order it today. No, but I, yeah, I normally I'm a fruity drink type of guy. Uh, yes. I will I will drink a fruity drink. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of my go-to. But okay. I'm switching it up as the day goes along. I am of. By the way, I would like to point out at the liquor store for the first time, I found, and maybe it's been out there, but I found a Jameson and ginger and lime in a can so i bought that because that's my bar drink sure right more often than not jack and ginger jameson and ginger i like ginger ale sue me <laughs> also i am i am of the age where i don't i can't drink as much as i want anymore i used to be able to do that mm. I'm, I'm old now but i will drink anything 
Yeah. So yeah. I'm wait, wait until you're okay. double what you are. It doesn't get any better. The window is closing for sure. But at this point, I really don't limit myself. But that being said, the dark liquor with the ginger ale is, is usually how I go. So unless it. unless it's lava flows, right? That's the only limit. Oh, limit that. Somewhere Stephanie Van Brinkle Pro Throw is laughing <laughs> and yelling at me. Yeah, somewhere a bartender in Hawaii is not laughing. <laughs> no. So I was probably miserable for that. <laughs> Actually, first grateful the, for the tips. That's it. <laughs> the only time that I've ever seen Gray Robertson be put in timeout like a child. <laughs> This we might, were both right. I know. That's I'm, that's what I've said from the beginning. You were both correct. Stop yelling at each other. <laughs> you had to be there. I you had to be there. I can't believe I still have this job. <laughs> I think we could all say that. After Hawaii, I honestly. refuse to put games on TV. You know, <laughs> right. we all just... Nate, flip the switch. I know. Right. It's all my fault. I, I, I mispronounced people's names. Gray joined us during the worst three week stretch in the history of Alabama softball Boy. in 2017. How are we here? We're all still here. So <laughs> I appreciate, thank you, Patrick Murphy, for sticking with us. <laughs> uh, thank you, coach. Yes. <laughs> Anything else you'd like to add, Nate, for no, Nate this is fun. I like joining you guys on this, so it's cool to do another live one. It's my third appearance, so I like to see where I stand on the uh, sort of repeats visitors, you know, if you have that. I mean, that's research I'll for the offseason. Yeah. yeah. So I'll ask one more question before you go. Of the remaining trips we have, Ooh. which most excites you from a food and mainly beverage? Remind me, it's standpoint. Gainesville, South Carolina. What's the one I'm missing? Texas A&M. Probably Ooh. Texas A&M. Just I feel like they have like a lot of variety there. Yeah. But we're going to Gainesville, you know, for yeah, what feels twice. like two weeks yeah. total. So, so we're going to spend a lot of time there. But we've had success in A&M. And I feel like there's probably even since we've last been there new places yeah. that we haven't gone. So I feel like that we have had... We've kind of given Gainesville a bad rap because there isn't much to do around where we stay usually. And also, I feel like the road trips we've had there, we haven't had much time. Right. Time will not be an issue at all. So I, <laughs> I will say I don't really know what to expect, but I anticipate we'll get a lot of options in when we're yeah. in Gainesville, both in the series, because we could be there a long time since it's Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and also for the SEC tournament. Yeah, I, I agree. I would say, yeah. Gainesville is a variable still because I agree. Yeah, because we, we haven't had that much opportunity. Last time we were there, everything closed at like eight o'clock. So, 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 you know, it depends on what we can go, go to. Um, food wise, I think College Station is going to oh, be, yeah. I mean, untouchable. Untouchable. All it's the tacos. Yes. That everything's a taco and I'm not complaining. Um, and then I think South Carolina, I think for Nate Cersei, probably might be the best one. It was a good last time we went. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think we, we managed to find stuff wherever we go. It's fine. Yeah, it's, we, can, we can go to Alaska and we'll find we'll some, find some places. It'll, It'll be fine. fine. Yeah, It'll be some, some shockingly, Bama, you will find. We're, we're going to have to make a fun. trip at some point to North Dakota, right? Yeah, we're go coming in from there. So right, we'll, we'll, I'm looking forward to that. We'll hit something in every state at some point. Sure, Fargo is is bumping at one yeah, oh some, at some we'll point. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Gonna, okay, thank you, Nate. Thank you, and thank you everybody for coming to hang out with us at Uncle Roll's bar, listening to us ramble. Thank you so much. My bad accents that i probably cut out if you're listening to this i do have editing capabilities right what a weekend this will be tom alabama lsu two on saturday one on sunday the tide trying to repeat what they did in 2019 and win the right. sec i think it's going to be so it's going to be so intense and that's the thing that we've seen it in the non even in the non-conference games this year when alabama has played high level competition the intensity level has been greater than I've ever seen this yeah. early in the season. So I expect it to be even more so as the season goes along. Uh, Alabama's going to be in a lot of environments like this. They're going to be in a lot of opportunities to have big wins. Uh, but as, when that goes on, there's also opportunities, unfortunately, for big losses. So I, it's going to be interesting to see how Alabama – because I don't expect Alabama to go 65-0. and 0. would be awesome. I, I would love Highly it. unlikely. Highly unlikely. Cool. Right. So how Alabama will react when a loss does eventually happen will be interesting as well. But uh, I think Alabama has a chance to get out of here without without feeling that. So let's see how that goes. I'm pulling for it. Yeah. Might as well. We're all here. Let's sure. <laughs> Might as well. Just, just piece by piece. <laughs> okay. That's the Out of the Box podcast. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Thank you to Jordan Piazza and the entire crew. 
here at Uncle Earl's Bar in Baton Rouge. Give them your patronage. This place is really cool. We'll post some pictures later or maybe earlier, depending on when you listen to this. Check it out on the Out of the Box podcast, Twitter at Out of the Box underscore pod. Also check us out this weekend, Tom. Radio for all three games. I know it's shocking. Yes. Where can the people find it? If you're listening in Tuscaloosa, you can listen over the air on the FM radio at 97.5 FM. Always listen to us streaming as well, nick975.com, as well as the MeTV975 app. Yes, and you can find all those links when we tweet them, at outofthebox underscore pod. You can follow me at gray, G-R-A-Y, not E-A, G-R-A-Y underscore Robertson. I tweet the links like five times a day. So if you miss it, honestly, it's kind of on you. I mean, come on. (laughs) Tom? Uh, T Canterbury, R-T-R, C-A-N-T-E-R-B-U-R-Y, T Canterbury, R-T-R. I'll tweet those links as well. Yes, and look up Out of the Box on the Instagram. Find them. And if you just don't like any of those social medias, go to RollTide.com, schedule page. There's a Listen Live tab right there. There really should be no confusion at this point. Just push the button. Just push the button. From any of the places. Literally, there are like 12 options. Press any of them and you'll find the game. Unless it's a scammer on the comments on Facebook. Don't press that button. Dorinda Skahashimuju does not have a link. No. Look at the link. Last night it was like www.espn.com slash US slash bunch of letters. Right. It was not a thing. That's not going to be it. Not not a thing. If they spell softball wrong in the link, (laughs) it's spam. (laughs) If there's an R in there, that's not what you're looking for. Not it. Unless you're looking for softball. Surfball. Right. That's... Come on. Come on, people. Okay. What a show it's been. Thank you to the folks at Uncle Earl's. We hope you tune in this weekend for Alabama LSU. For everybody who helped with this on the road show, and for my partner, Tom Canterbury, I'm Gray Robertson, saying so long from Baton Rouge. We'll see you at game one tomorrow from Tiger Park. Tiger Park.